Fighting. Hatred. Fear. Had enough of the noise? Welcome here to Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. As you know, I'm your host, Dr. H, and remember to tell all your freedom friends they can join us live on the America Out Loud talk radio network and via recorded uh, podcasts at americaoutloud.com. Also, you can find us, just download the America Out Loud phone app on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora Networks. We're everywhere where your ears might be, so whatever your pleasure, go ahead and find us, and we can't wait to spend a little time with you each day. Uh, Energetic Health Radio is also sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. The best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Proven holistic nutrition, detox and fasting, and of course, our brand new art of cellular healing for people who are recovering from the damn shots. Join the EHI family of healers today. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org. All right, folks. Well, we're going to have a quick segment here, but I wanted to bring somebody on and introduce them. Uh, we Later in the show, we have Dr. Naomi Wolf, Dr. Jim Thorpe talking about the issues with fertility. And I'm going to tell you in that last segment, Dr. Jim Thorpe drops a bomb in there that you are definitely going to want to listen to. So, so make sure you stay tuned for all that. But we're going to start a new segment here. I'm really excited. We, we've been working with Stand for Health Freedom and the great folks over at StandForHealthFreedom.com for years. They were the first major organization to step up and support our grand jury work. And Sayer G and Leah Wilson and Bailey and somebody I can't wait to introduce you to, Valerie Boric, have just been a dream to work with. This is a great organization. Remember, I told you I'm going to be introducing you to people who love you that you may not have met yet because they're out there fighting for you every time. So we have a new segment. Valerie Boric is the attorney and policy analyst for Stand for Health Freedom. And that's, of course, at the dot com. So, Valerie, what can you tell us about the state of the current grand jury petition? How many Americans are out there supporting this work right now? Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity to be on to chat with you. I'm looking forward to a lot of really great conversations to come. Uh, So right now, we really want people to focus on this grand jury investigation. We want to put a lot of energy and effort into making sure that we get as many people aware and activated as we can. We wanna make sure that people are aware that they can go to our website. We've, Like you said, we've been working with you for, uh, it's been over a year um, on this. I don't remember exactly when this journey started, but oh my goodness, time has flown, but it's also been a long time that this has been in the works. Uh, so on the standforhealthfreedom.com website, up at the very top right now, there's a ribbon you can see there's CDC investigation. If you click on that, it'll take you to our page that is dedicated on our website to all of the information that we have on this topic as we've been supporting you and making sure that mm-hmm. we get um, peace education out there for people. So on that page, we call it the data disaster. It's our call for an investigation into the CDC's conduct during the COVID times, the lockdown, the declared pandemic. 
Um, and so we want you to go to right front and center, you'll find a button and it's to sign a petition so that politicians understand and that all of America understands how many Americans are saying no to the CDC and saying yes to this investigation. And right now, I think at the last count I know of, we were at 270,416 people who have already signed. And I know that that is a small fraction of the people that are concerned about this. So we really need the word to get out, go to this website, we want this to go over 300,000. You know, if we can get that done in the next two weeks or so, um, mm -hmm. that would be great because we want to make sure that we're supporting these efforts through the litigation, through the Ninth Circuit. Um, so uh, you could go to our website right now. You can send it to your friends. But also, if you get on our email list, you'll be seeing emails coming out to keep you up to date on this. And we'll have um, one coming out in the next week or so that will give you a lot more detail. Beautiful. That is awesome, folks. So once again, go to StandForHealthFreedom.com. Right at the top, you'll see CDC investigation. And when you click on that, you can then get informed and then go down. You'll see a button uh, on there that says sign a petition and it'll take you over to that, that signature page for the petition. Why is that important? Because I know everybody's kind of jaded right now, right? Everybody's like, well, I'm not, why should I sign another petition? It's not going to do anything. Well, I got good news for you. It's You're right. It's not going to do anything with that attitude. But here's the thing and why how we use these numbers. In our oral, in our not oral arguments yet, but in our, our written arguments back to the um, the court, we get to tell them how many Americans want this done. And that's the power of this because the number one standard for this grand jury uh, in a petition getting to investigation is significant public interest. That's the only thing that the court is supposed to be able to rule on or have to rule on. So when we get 270,000, that's great. We get to 300,000, that's even better. You keep spreading the word about good organizations like Stand for Health Freedom. And what we ultimately get is into the millions. And that's what I'm looking forward to. But baby steps. And we start with getting a 300,000 within the next two weeks. And we make this a national rallying cry because it's long overdue for investigations into all of this stuff. So Valerie, thank you so much. She's going to come back, folks, and join us for opening segments um, uh, You know, uh, to let us know where do we as Americans need to join together and stand for health freedom and do more than that, take action. So remember, you can listen to Energetic Health Radio live Saturdays and Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Make sure to check out our new show with Dr. Brian Artis, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Janice Schmidt, and of course, yours truly on Looking for Healing Radio weekdays, 11 a.m. and 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, Monday through Friday, obviously. Uh, you can even go to the Looking for Healing show page on AmericaOutloud.com and submit a health question for myself and my healing homies to answer. And we'll do that on Fridays. And folks, what are we doing? We're bringing you people who love you that you may not have ever met because there are a lot of people out there that have been fighting for you like you wouldn't believe. And I want to make sure that they get the stage that they deserve. And that's what Energetic Health Radio is all about. So stay tuned. Right after the break, we have Dr. Naomi Wolf coming up. And then right after that, Dr. Jim Thorpe with some mind-blowing stuff about fertility and these damn shots. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing 
leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. All right, healers, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, you know, Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by globalhealing.com, simply the finest, most potent, most effective natural medicines in the world today. Feel the difference, integrity, and love for medicine making can make for you. Go to globalhealing.com, enter promo code EHI, and discover the medicine that God intended for us all. So, joining us today as a special guest, I am so, so excited about this. We have Dr. Naomi Wolf, co-founder of Daily Clout, and she is just a powerhouse. And you know what I love about her? She's just so effervescent, I guess would be the best word, and enthusiastic. And it's just, it just seems like she's unshakable in her positivity. Dr. Wolf, how are you doing today? Well, I'm so glad to talk to you, Dr. Ely, and please call me Naomi. Um, I'm, you know, you may think I'm effervescent because I'm always happy when I talk to you. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm always happy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we definitely want to get into the um, Pfizer documents. Um, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to have you on the show for so long. Thank you for joining us today for this segment um, because I, I, I'm, I just love the work that you and your team have been doing. Uh, with uh, especially the miscarriages and especially with the the incredible lies, the criminal mm-hmm. lies that were heaped upon moms who were expecting. You know, um, can you give our audience a, a little bit of background into some of the stuff that really has blown your mind about? You know, just went on what went on with the uh, with the lies and things like that. Absolutely. So for people who have not been following the Pfizer Documents Project, um, what this is, is uh, a group, a team of 3,500 doctors and nurses and medical fraud investigators and lab scientists and biological scientists and biostatisticians and um, just a range of highly credentialed medical and scientific experts who got together under the leadership of our incredible COO and the project director, Amy Kelly, um, to read through the uh, tens of thousands of documents that were released under court order when lawyer Aaron Seary successfully sued the the FDA um, to compel them to release their internal Pfizer documents. And um, this is under the aegis of dailyclout.io, which is our, our news site, and also War Room. Um, we partnered to put the call out for these experts. So what they've issued is now 74 reports um, explaining what's in these documents in very clear language and uh, and a a book, which is on Amazon, um, which has almost 50 of the reports. And what they've found, I'm sorry to say, but it's better to know, is uh, the greatest crime against humanity in recorded history um, in terms of the the damage, the murders, the lies, 
the uh, intentionally bad science, the, the side effects, that the, the neurological harm, the strokes, the blood clots, the lung clots, the lead clots, the, you know, game barre, the Bell's palsy, the, uh, the, the, I mean, <laughs> the, the joint problems, the arthritis, I mean, the, the 43,000 plus adverse events in three months, 1,220 plus deaths. Um, many of the reports show that the deaths were within 48 hours of the injection or the mm -hmm. adverse events were within 48 hours of the injection. And I'll skip over the, the most horrible headlines. But I mean, one of the notable ones is that within a month, Pfizer knew that the vaccine didn't work to stop COVID, that mm -hmm. their language was um, failure of vaccine failure and failure of efficacy. And in the documents, the third most common side effect of the injection is COVID. Um, you heard that right. But I'll skip, you know, the most horrible non-reproductive issues. And I'll go to what to me is kind of the heart of it, if we're going to have a future as human beings, which is, you know, as you highlighted, the Pfizer documents do show a 360 degree attack on human reproduction. Um, everything from damaging the testes, damaging the testes of babies in utero through li lipid nanoparticles, which are an industrial fat covered in polyethylene glycol, a petroleum product, to poisoning breast milk. They knew that the breast milk of vaccinated moms um, sent babies into seizures and caused agitation and sleeplessness and failure to thrive and can kill babies. Um, but also, uh, you know, damage to horrible menstrual disorders. There's a Mengele level chart um, in the documents showing the 20 plus awful things they knew they were doing to women's menstrual cycles, including like bleeding every day, hemorrhages, agonizing cramps, no menstrual cycle, um, two periods a month, you know, periods long postmenopausal, like horrible things, which you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know if women are having menstrual problems in 2021, they're going to have fertility problems in 2023. And that's what we're seeing now. Um, a 13 to 20% drop in live births. And we now know the mechanism, the lipid nanoparticles accumulate in the ovaries, but they also traverse the placenta. These nanoparticles have been known for a decade to traverse every membrane in the human body. So they're compromising the placenta. Placentas of vaccinated moms are um, having like networks of calcifications that keep um, oxygen and nutrition from reaching the babies. And also Keep, they keep the babies from being able to grow because the placentas are um, abnormally small. Uh, many babies have to be developed early, delivered early. And also um, there's a 40% rise, Dr. Ely, in maternal deaths in childbirth uh, since the vaccine was rolled out because now moms are exposed to dangers that women, you know, used to cause women to die in childbirth it, up until the 19th century. Um, notably hemorrhages and uh, in septicemia infections. Um, the, the placentas are like falling apart in their bodies as they're delivering, which is very, very, very dangerous or not releasing from their bodies after the baby's been delivered. Um, so, and the babies are, are being born with, oh, this is so horrible. Um, there's, there's astronomical rates of uh, uh, spontaneous abortion and miscarriage. In one section of the Pfizer documents, it's, it's 80% of the, yep. the babies uh, spontaneously aborted. Um, in another section, over 50% of the moms and babies in the adverse events section had problems, including 
spontaneous abortions that that in the Pfizer documents, it says are caused by exposure to the vaccine in utero. So they know that these fetuses are being exposed to the vaccine and then and it's killing them. And also the babies are being born with malformations and chromosomal abnormalities. Uh, so all of this, and they knew it, right? Like uh, every one of these side effects, they knew, and they they studied and they look. It looks like they kind of targeted. Like I guess the last thing I'll say, you know, I've concluded that it's a bioweapon and it's specifically aimed at reproduction, um, and it's working, right? Uh, they they do things like, I mean, this is a respiratory infection allegedly, so you'd think they'd focus on the lungs. They literally in the Pfizer documents are not focusing on the lungs or the mucous membranes or phlegm or anything you'd expect if you're looking at, uh, you know, respiratory virus. They literally focus on genitals like they'll mate a vaccinated male rat with an unvaccinated female rat uh, or a series of them. And then they'll sacrifice the animals and then they they dissect the cells of their sex organs. Like they know they're messing with mammalian reproduction. They set up the, the experiments to, to look at that. And when they see that they're killing babies, they see their poisoning breast milk. They see that women are, you know, are, are going into horrible kinds of labor and horrible menses and, you know, that their breast milk is, is causing their, the babies to, to have convulsions. One poor baby died in the hospital. They just keep going. Hmm. You know, this is uh, this is stomach turning. You know, when you when you hear this, because it it brings us to a couple things. Um, you know, number one, we know that the CDC published a paper that was authored by Tim Shimabukuru that alluded to this, and not just alluded to it, pointed this out, saying that I believe it was the first trimester it was like an eighty-two point six percent spontaneous abortion, and yet they were still making the recommendations, knowing not just what the CDC knew, but also what Pfizer knew about this. They were still making the recommendations that these are safe and effective. And it's like, well, where's your proof? Where's your evidence? They don't need any to make a false claim. These are these are clearly false claims that are being made that have that have just destroyed and devastated the lives of so many women, so many babies and so many families in general. Uh, one of the things that is new, and I'm, I'm just curious, have you ever heard of the term vertical transmission? No. OK, um, so. This is, this is, this is, I'm, I'm going to bring some new stuff and I'm, I'm hoping that you can apprise your team and I'm happy to uh, come in and, and apprise your team to be on the lookout for this. So vertical transmission, one of the questions I had in medical school was how does, you know, probiotics, how do beneficial bacteria get into breast milk? Right. Cause it's like, we right. always say that babies should nurse and, and that they're going to get probiotics and everything. Well, Stanford university answered this question. What they found was that it's a phenomenon called vertical transmission, that yeah. as milk ducts start to fill, actually beneficial bacteria from the mother's microbiome will start to climb through the lymphatic system and ultimately find themselves into the, the milk duct. So it's this wow. beautiful divine process that's going uh -huh. on and has been going on ever since we've been nursing and having babies and everything. Right. Right. Well, um, the work we're doing right now in research is on plasmids. And plasmids, um, and if you want to check out some of the work that Kevin McKernan has done, um, it's really phenomenal. Plasmids are these little hoops, these, are, for lack of a better description for the audience, a little hula hoop that has a antibiotic resistant region on it, a promoter region on it, and a DNA pay, uh, payload that they want to <laughs> deliver. 
And what these little plasmids do is they can indefinitely do, and they've been working on this for over 50 years, infect E. coli and other microorganisms, including yeast. So what I'm worried about right now, because we've, we've been focused on lipid nanoparticle and correctly so, we've been focusing on spike glycoprotein and correctly so. But what we have to really look at, and this is my work with the people recovering right now, we have to focus on infections in the microbiome and systemic mm -hmm. infections in the body because they can mm -hmm. be infected by plasmids. Yes. When you have that happen and you understand that there is a phenomenon called vertical transmission. It means that what mom could be conferring to the baby through her breast milk is a genetically modified, weaponized oh. microorganism oh. into the baby's body that can then produce incessant amounts of spike glycoprotein. Um, and oh. that's really what I, I suspect. Did, is you, say incessant? incessant Did you say incessant? Incessant amounts it, of It doesn't stop? It doesn't no. stop? Oh my nope. gosh. It doesn't stop. And that's so what, we're, what we've been investigating hardcore. And we're going to talk about this in a future show, everybody listening. We're going to be talking about something called plasmid curing compounds, because these are the things that can actually block plasmids or make the infected microorganism more mm. susceptible now to being killed um, so that we can overcome it. So we're working on this phenomenon because what we started seeing, Dr. Wolf, excuse me, Naomi, what we started seeing was we started seeing people getting better through the recovery mm -hmm. process that we've been doing and then regressing. Right. And uh, it's been a pretty common thing that the folks that have gotten the shots are experiencing. And, and what we're unearthing right now is our suspicion is that a great much of this has to do with um, plasmids and plasmids genetically infecting good bacteria and bad bacteria mm -hmm. and bad yeast and good yeast. I mean, all of it and mammalian cells and delivering a, a weaponized payload into the oh, cell. Gosh. Can I, can I restate what I think you just said? Of course. Thank you. Are you saying that in addition to the lipid nanoparticles and polyethylene glycol, which is, as I mentioned, a petroleum product and imagine being a tiny newborn baby and your only food has a petroleum byproduct in it. In addition to that and the mRNA, which is all confirmed to be in vaccinated mom's breast milk. Also, there may be plasmids that they're transmitting to their babies that are additionally causing harm to the baby's gut. Correct. And plasmids and genetically infected microorganisms infected by those plasmids. Ugh. So yeah, would you advise vaccinated moms? Well, I certainly would based on what I know, but are you advising your vaccinated moms who are lactating to not breastfeed their babies? I, I mean, you kind of have to, right? You know, I think under these circumstances with the great unknown, you, you have to, and you have to secure as best you can, what the food source for the baby is going to be until right. it can be confirmed. And we unfortunately don't have this lab testing available to us and we should, um, right. until it can be confirmed that a mom's breast milk would be pure and okay for baby's consumption. Why um, don't we have, I'm sorry to jump in. No, you're Dr. good. Go for it. Good for it. Go for well, it. I mean, it just seems like we should be testing the heck out of vaccinated and unvaccinated women's breast milk at this point. Why don't we have the labs available to us? Can't we just like take some breast milk and go to like Quest Diagnostics and say, test this? I mean, or there, Dr. Cole or there, you know, there is, is well, the we process? would hope that Dr. Cole would where we're, I, I know Kevin McKernan's getting close to being able to do right. some live sampling. I'm, I'm hoping Dr. Thorpe has some <laughs> recommendations as well. We, we know folks are, are workshopping the problem because it is, it's been very clear for a long time. The, the um, FDA, which approves testing on COVID 
wants nothing to do with the basic testing we've already always had for these kind of situations when we were talking right. about the infection, where we could check for viral load and we could check for um, we're staging for IgG markers and things like the IgE, right. IgG, IgM markers. But um, the the thing that we're seeing here is is that to me, you know, we we've been focusing correctly on lipid nanoparticles. We've been focusing correctly on spike glycoprotein. But what we're unearthing right now is this issue of plasmids. And I, mm -hmm. I don't want to alarm people, but I also don't want to want to pretend that I don't know what I know. We mm -hmm. have, they have the potential for extinction level events using plasmids. And, and that's what, that's really what we're talking about. So we have to learn how to deal with plasmids as quickly as we can, because they were studying how to inactivate plasmids. Mm -hmm in the 70s and 80s, and then pulled mm -hmm. all funding for that research, mm -hmm. so, but carried forward with plasmids as a major tool for um, conveying antibiotic resistance to microorganisms and studying other really lethal compounds mm -hmm. and labs, and of course, releasing them into the public, sadly, as well. I mean, this, is, this has been our, our, our research just today with the research team traced all the way back. We have research dating back to 1968 on the use of mm -hmm. plasmids in, mm. in adenoviral vector vaccines. Mm. And we have, uh, we have research today that dated all the way back to 1974 mm. and looking for plasmid curing compounds. Now, the good news, because we always yes, want to give some please. good news, right. if I did have a lactating mom right now, what I would tell mm -hmm. her is that, um, you know, you probably aren't going to be likely able to breastfeed, which sucks. But mm -hmm. um, what you can do for yourself and getting your body ready is you can take quercetin, which quercetin looks to be the strongest plasmid curing compound. Oh, it has God. to be taken in addition to a, a natural antibiotic in order to uh, kill off the in genetically infected microorganisms God. in the body. So we're figuring out that what yeah. has to be done, which is exciting. But yeah. the, the, the horror is that we even have to explore this, which yes. is I know the horror of your work as well. Uh, Tell us a little bit more. We only have a we only have a couple more minutes for. I know you got to go and 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 everything, but. Um, tell us just a little bit more about, um, you know, what advice are have you, are you giving moms mm -hmm. right now? And then, of course, tell us about that book and how people can sure. can, book and get and get educated on it. Well, I'm not a medical doctor, um, so I can't advise okay. people. But I, well, if I'm, it was you, sorry. let me ask a better right. question. If right. it was you and you were a mom and you had right. gotten fooled into taking the shot or whatnot, Ugh. what what would you be doing right now, knowing what you know? Uh -huh. I mean, it's so pathetic and sad and thank God for you. You know, I do want to say, and your colleagues, I do want to say I've tasked the, the volunteers with finding answers. So, you know, along with, you know, you and Dr. Thorpe and Dr. Ryan, all the good doctors, um, you know, they're, they're working on that question. But I guess what, what I want to say before I answer you is there are people who, who know more than we do who are not talking, right? Like the people who built this thing should be able to tell us better what an antidote is. And I don't understand for the life of me why they're not being, you know, hauled up in front of Congress under, under subpoena power, other forms of legal duress to, to answer questions that could help humanity survive, right? Like our volunteers have found no way that lipid nanoparticles leave the body. But the people who put lipid nanoparticles in these injections must have an answer to that, 
you know, or at least a, a means of exploration, a mechanism, an understanding of what an antidote could be. I just want to put that out there. Like, why aren't we, why are we inventing the wheel from the start instead of dragging the people who built this thing, you know, in leg irons into public judicial spaces to compel them to tell us how to fix it. I just mm -hmm. want to say that. Um, the other thing I want to say is I tell my loved ones, it's so sad, you know, sunshine, vitamin D, I recommend you, I recommend, um, you know, the wellness company, I recommend FLCCC, I tell them to take infrared saunas, I tell them to do lymphatic drainage massage, you know, because of my humble, sad understanding of how this stuff has gotten into the body and that, you know, all we can do is support, I mean, except for your specialized knowledge, thank God for that, um, and other people's that are, are really diving into this. But, you know, I just, I, and I tell them no more, right? Get, like, I love the, the uh, good doctors who are teaching people how to de-subscribe or de, what is it called? De-prescribe. De-prescribe, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and also prayer, like, I mean, I'm down to that. I literally pray for my vaccinated loved ones every night and I ask mm -hmm. God for a complete healing. And, you know, it may be we, like other cultures may have understood the power of prayer to heal much better than we do. But I, I sort of feel like, you know, the forces of evil helped to make such a, a skillful way to ruin everything about humanity. Um, so we've got to, you know, invoke higher mm -hmm. powers of good to help us as well as material ones. Um, that's what I would say. And, and I tell my elders, especially to socialize um, because I know that all of that goes to building their immune systems. 100%. Well, I got some good news for your team. Please. Guess how we get rid of lipid nanoparticles. Well, please tell me right away. Wow. Um, well, number one, it starts with healthy fats. You start putting healthy fats in and the body does a beautiful job of swapping out compounds, fatty compounds that are no longer viable or that it has a preferential uh, uh, affinity for, which would be, you know, omega-3 fatty acids, clean omega-3 fatty acids, especially omega-6 okay. fatty acids, avocado oil is fantastic. And then here's the big one for everybody. You have to clean the fatty organs. So the biggest fatty organ that we got is the brain. The second biggest one is going to be the liver. So you start with the liver and you start delivering good, healthy fats. And you learn how to do some something very, very cool in natural medicine called a liver flush. Learn how to start flushing out that liver and make that a regular habit for you. And what happens is you start getting rid of that waste. It starts pooping right out, starts sweating right out. And if it's small enough, I don't think the lipid nanoparticles would be in the urine, but your body will pee it out too. But basically it's going to be eliminated through um, poop and through sweat is how you get rid of that. Thank energy. God. I mean, yeah. has have there been tests of secreted poop and sweat to confirm that lipid nanoparticles can be excreted from the body that way? That What a miracle Not that would not that I've seen. We've just been basing that on on symptom presentation and and, and people and, are getting better. People, yeah. Thank God. Isn't it crazy that we're in this dark age period where we're not allowed to test or see tests or have our scientists engage in the basic testing of what helps people, you know, with this poison? Oh, thank God. Will you give it? This is the best conversation I've had. We'll, for we'll write that up for Daily Cloud. We'll write one up for Daily Cloud so you can share with your audience and, and everything yes. like that. Tell, hey, tell us again the book that where, so the book where everybody can the, get it. Yep. War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents Research Reports mm -hmm. and order it from Amazon or you can order it from dailycloud.io. And if you can't afford to order it, all of the reports are on 
dailyclout.io. But if you can, please do and give the book to your doctor, to your loved ones, to your elected officials, um, because it's really making a difference. There's no way to not know what you know when you see that book. 100%. All right, folks. Well, that is the great Dr. Naomi Wolf. Check her out at dailyclout.io and make sure you get yourself very well versed on the Pfizer documents. We'll bring Dr. Wolf on again as, as she's unearthing more stuff and we are. And, and, you know, folks, we're all figuring out the greatest crime that has ever been committed against humanity. And, uh, you know, it's so awesome to be in this in this wonderful journey, which is under a bad topic, yes, but this wonderful journey with great people like Dr. Naomi Wolf. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. All right, healers, welcome back. Uh, this last segment, I'm here with someone that I have a tremendous admiration for. We've chatted here and there, but we haven't had a chance to actually have a really solid conversation. So this is my first conversation with him as well. Uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe. Doctor, how are you doing today? Dr. Ely, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your platform today. Well, it's great to have you. And just for those of you that maybe haven't heard who Jim Thorpe is, I don't know how that's possible, but maybe you haven't. Um, this uh, Dr. Thorpe has been working with women going through the maternity process for 44 years. So if there is anybody that knows what he's talking about when it comes to these topics, it's this gentleman we're going to be speaking with here today. Now, we talked with Naomi in the last segment, Jim, and I know you were saying that, uh, that you know, a lot of what she's said, you've kind of independently come through through your own investigation as well. Do you want to share a couple of points before we get into a bombshell that we're about to drop in a second? Well, sure. I, I, um, I have the utmost respect for Dr. Naomi Wolf. Uh, she's an incredible researcher. Uh, and what, what I'm really impressed with her about, I, I kind of put her in the category of, of uh, at least well, several heroes, uh, um, that have stepped forward, uh, like yourself, Henry, uh, Dr. Ely, you've done a great job. But I, I put her in the category of, of like Mahaltra, you know, Dr. C. Mahaltra and Steve mm -hmm. Kirsch. These are people who, in my view, command the utmost, uh, have the utmost uh, ethical, moral, and intellectual uh, capability and integrity because these are people that have demonstrated the ability to do an academic metanoia, if you will, 
in other words, step out of their zones of presumptions, their narratives, step out of their political zones and see truth and then step forward and pronounce the truth. Um, even though it was a game changer for them, it was a, a complete metanoia. They changed 180 degrees. And despite a massive amount of vicious attacks on um, Naomi uh, and Steve and Asim, they, they've all done a, a very, very similar uh, maneuver. And I, I can't respect anybody more in the world for that. Um, it, it's, uh, I'm told that only 1% of the population of human beings have the integrity and capability of doing that. 99% don't. So uh, I like that um, we, we have absolutely um, nothing in common except the truth. And we both arrived at it from completely separate disciplines. And uh, so I, I think that speaks for itself. Amen. And well said, you know, I, I've, I've often maintained for people that, you know, and I hope it's higher than 1%, honestly, I really, really do. But I, I think if you're really objective, it means changing your mind in the presence of new information. It's, it's having that ability to not associate your identity or your ego with information that's incorrect. You know, and I think that's the, that's the real secret of there's actually a joy in, in a liberation in doing it. Like, yeah, when I'm wrong about something, yeah, I admit it, I'm wrong, you know, and, and you move forward. That's right. And that's right. And, you know, I, I think it's a really beautiful spiritual uh, exercise. You know, we're, we're all human and we all deserve the right to be wrong. And mm -hmm. I deserve the right, you know, I'm a human being, I'm a sinner, just like everybody else. And I've made mistakes and I appreciate the opportunity to come on, come on stage publicly and say, hey, Jim Thorpe really screwed up. I made a mistake. I, I have made mistakes. I pushed a lot of vaccines earlier in my career. Uh, I wasn't really, my eyes weren't open to the truth until about 2010. And I've, I've publicly apologized and I, I probably hurt some of my patients, not intentionally, but I didn't, I was really um, totally overtaken by what I learned in medical school and by the uh, academic uh, industrial complex, if you will. And I trusted my government and the powers that be, and I was wrong and they were wrong. And I've apologized. It's very liberating to do that. Amen. I think the thing that I'd like to get across to you, because there's an, is it's very easy to judge, you know, in these situations. And I think it's the completely wrong approach um, for anyone to do so. You have to appreciate the amount of pressure that doctors and the amount of indoctrination that a doctor goes into in these medical schools, they aren't taught nutrition. They aren't taught really along the lines of the Hippocratic Oath. Now, maybe 40 years ago, it was much more prevalent. But as you've seen with each decade, you start to see an erosion of the core of medical ethics. And what you get is to the result of today where nobody pretty much cares and doesn't do their own research and doesn't question or challenge what they're being taught, which is always to the detriment of education and, and intellectual thinking in the beginning. You know, we have to be able to challenge these things. When a doctor, it takes a tremendous amount of courage for a doctor to admit that they made a mistake, right? And especially because we don't want to admit to ourselves that I might've hurt someone because our, our first thing that we're taught at our cores is do no harm. So that's a tough one for doctors to make. So 
kudos to you, sir. Thank you for being a shining example of what integrity looks like for people and letting people know, look, we're all human. We are going to make some mistakes. It's what we do about those mistakes that help us get in touch with the divine. That's what how I look at it. And so I've been watching you from afar and seeing you doing it. And it's like, this is a guy you can trust, right? How do I know? Because I read people's actions and his actions speak just nothing but full integrity all along the way. So now- Thank you, Dr. Elin. Absolutely, brother. Now on the off air, we were talking for a second and I hadn't heard this before. So I was like- we have to discuss this. And I was going to thought we were going to be talking a little bit more about the maternity, but you, you, you and your wife got something. And yes, I think the public needs to know what you got, because I want you to be able to expose what you were telling to me off here. So I don't want to spoil alert anybody. Can you just tell us what, tell everybody listening, what you told me about the collusion and corruption that you and your wife have unearthed? It's, um, it's just stunning. Um, and, and I want to say that this dovetails exactly with your last segment with uh, Dr. Wolf, because, you know, I, I've been on this gig for, for two years now. For over two years, I've had Pfizer 5.3.6. Um, and I got it two years ago. You probably had it, too, because the Pfizer blower whistleblower sent it out globally, um, probably in March of 2021. And um, and unfortunately, the federal judge uh, made them release that, but it wasn't released until uh, April Fool's Day, 2022. So uh, about 13 months ago. But uh, I've had that for, for since March of 2021. You probably have too, and many other people all over the world. It went viral. So what I'm here to say is that I'm going to state a few facts, and I poured over this, and I have challenged anybody on this for two years. The most dangerous substance ever ruled out, whether you call it a vaccine, a medical intervention, a drug, uh, or a medicine, is a COVID-19 mRNA gene product. It's the deadliest ever ruled out. Is that Jim Thorpe's opinion? No. That is Pfizer's and HHS and CDC. They own that, and they knew that February 28, 2021. It, is, it, it was associated with 1,223 dead in 10 weeks. And as Naomi, Dr. Naomi pointed out, and you pointed out, a huge proportion of those were within 48 hours. And an even larger proportion was within two weeks. So there's no other product that comes anywhere close to that. So having that knowledge, that's what I focus on. And that's what Maggie has focused on. And for two years, I've been fighting the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology and trying to get in with my former colleagues, Dr. George Wendell, the executive director, uh, Susan Raymond. Uh, these are my contemporaries. I've been honored by the American Board of OBGYN and the American College of OBGYN and the Society for Maternal Field Medicine my entire career. Uh, stellar honors, uh, research awards. I was on the board of directors for the Society of Maternal Field Medicine for three years at the turn of the century. You know, I've sat in front of the Senate and testified multiple times. Um, so, so these people are my contemporaries. They've honored me my whole career, and now they won't talk to me, and they have threatened me. And so my wife, Maggie, who's a brilliant attorney, and I have been in this fight together for a couple of years, and it's like, okay, they're captured. How did they get captured? So Maggie uh, is a brilliant, astute investigative attorney, and she put in very, very specific FOIA requests 
um, to HHS and CDC and uh, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. And by a very narrow, focused search, we got 1,400 pages, Dr. Ely, 1,400 pages. Over 50% are redacted. And this is a conclusion that we've come to. HHS and CDC completely captured the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. This was a, a fait complete. The rollout was purposefully done to women and to the American College of OBGYN among 300 other individuals and organizations, but they were captured by a grant. And the grant might be more aptly described as a bribe because when they, the American College of OBGYN took 11, over $11 million from what we can see over that in the unredacted portion, probably much more than that. What was the quid pro quo? The quid pro quo, and we have it in writing, they were not allowed to deviate from HHS CDC narrative. And if they did, they would have had to pay all of that back. They, that monies would be clawed back. That's what's in the contract. That's what attorney Maggie has demonstrated. And it was quite startling. Um, so it's very, very concerning. They're not allowed to deviate. And that's the way they've treated me. Um, you know, I've showed them all the data in the world. Uh, I've, I've sent them massive research and letters and asked them to meet with me and I can help them find their way in this mess. They won't have anything to do with it. It's just ad hominem attacks and you keep this up and you're gonna lose your license and your board uh, certifications. So, you know, that's on page seven of that document, 1,223, and that was available February 28, 2021. On page 12 was the, um, was the horrible obstetrical outcome. And, you know, I, I'm looking at a slide right now um, that I created looking at page 12, and there were 270 pregnant mothers uh, 238 had no follow-up. 124 out of the 270 that got the vaccines had complications. There was a 81% miscarriage rate, 81% by their own numbers. The fetal death rate was five, almost six-fold greater than what would be expected in the United States of America. The neonatal death rate was almost eight-fold greater than what we would expect in the United States of America and there were uh, almost 15% complication rate in uh, those breastfeeding babies. This is not Jim Thorpe's data. This is not Dr. Wolf's data. This is not Dr. Ely's data. This is Pfizer's data. So what did they do? Um, uh, you know, Henry, uh, Dr. Ely, what would you have done? Now we're sitting at March, 2021, and you are sitting on this data and you were in charge of things, well, I know what you would do. I know what I would do. I know what any honest, ethical, non-compromised human being would do. They would notify the world, pull it off the market, and say, this game is over. We've caused a lot of harm. It didn't work out. Is that what they did? No. What they did was they procured 13 billion dollars, 13 billion dollars of your tax money, 
and my tax money. And they paid it out to almost 300 massively, massively powerful influencers. We're talking about mainstream media. We're talking about uh, uh, sports athletes, all of the medical organizations, the boards, your subspecialty boards, all the pastors, rabbis, all religion authorities, the uh, spiritual influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes on and on and on. There were 12 different categories, public health and medical organizations, sports and entertainment, rural leaders, unions and organized labor, Latino leaders, black leaders, Asian Pacific leaders, neighbor, native tribal leaders, veterans, business leaders, faith leaders was the largest category, 87 of the 298, and then community leaders. $13 billion, Dr. Ely. So the devil, was, the devil was tithing. I mean, how, we've been saying it for years. You have proof of it now yeah. that the devil was tithing. Yes. And so wow. it's, what they did was unconscionable. And, and you mentioned Shema Bakuro. Shema Bakuro has so many incredible conflicts of interest. He's mm-hmm. very, very high up in the food chain of vaccines in the CDC, HHS. And um, just going through, you know, some of some of his work. What's really interesting is uh, Shima Bakuro and the corrupt New England Journal of Medicine. They're part of this plan, and you know, the editor in chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, Eric Rubin, is completely captured, captured unethical and immoral. He went to the FDA safety board, and in front of the safety board, in front of America in front of the global community who have children all over the world, he said, well, we don't have any safety data. We'll just have to roll it up and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what happened, Eric Rubin. Here's what happened. I'll go to the data right now because I just did, uh, when, I, when I read that and I had my opportunity to go into the MetaAlerts Bears database, I'll tell you exactly what happened and how many babies and children you killed according to your own data. Uh, and I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at uh, figure six before, uh, uh, right out of my slide deck. And here's the data. Uh, we looked at various reports of deaths in children uh, just with COVID-19 vaccine. There were 6,840 children using an underreporting factor of 40. Uh, there were, uh, VAERS reported 171 children dead. Mm-hmm. 40 times that, 6,840 is the likely death count, um, is the likely death count for COVID. Uh, which, which age range is that, Jim? Because I can, I definitely can confirm the 171 number. We were looking at that every single week and counting what was going on just in VARES alone. I've been talking with Albert Benavides, who does VAERSAware.com. Yeah. And he yeah. said something to me, Jim, that blew my mind uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said, listen, you're looking at VARES and VARES is significant. What you have to understand is that VSAFE has 10 million records in there. That's and right. there's only about a 50,000 record overlap between VARES and VSAFE. So that, that number where you're saying, hey, I've, I've applied a underreporting factor of 40 to this, may be too small. Yes, uh, it, it, it may well be too small. So when, when you 
look at the corrupt, um, you know, I, I won't, for, I, I will not forgive, and I'm going to keep banging the mm -hmm. drums on Tommy Shima Bakura, um, the same that I've done with, with others that I hold personally responsible. He's in a position of authority. He publishes, he's a lead article, the lead journal in the captured New England Journal of Medicine. He's a lead author. There were 20 authors. Mm -hmm. um, all of them were federal employees. He was a lead author. None of those 21 authors had any right to be on that article. They all federal employees. Yep. They're all captured. They're all paid by the government to push this narrative. And Shima Bakuro had the audacity. I don't even think he wrote this. I think this was a ghostwritten article. And he had a shoe in to the New England Journal of Medicine because of the mm -hmm. corrupt editor-in-chief. And, you know, this is not just Jim Thorpe's fault now. Okay, you know, look at Dr. Angel, Dr. Angel, who was a former editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, resigned in 2009, I believe. She says the exact same thing. And it was that over her career, she just saw a complete commercial kleptocratic uh, corporation there that has merged. Um, so this is what he said, you know, he had uh, in, in the article, um, there, there were 827 women who had uh, completed their pregnancy, and they talked about 712 with live births. Well, what they did was he reported a miscarriage rate of, say, 12 to 13%. But that was fraud. That was that was yep. malintent. That was purposeful disinformation. The real miscarriage rate is obtained by taking the 700 patients that he lied about and said they were vaccinated in the first trimester, and he put them in the denominator of the first trimester when he lied. Hmm. He he lied. They did not receive the vaccine in the third in the first trimester. They received it in the third trimester. So when you take those those 700 patients that had the vaccine in the third trimester out of the first trimester denominator, voila, you come up with an 82% miscarriage right. rate, abortion, right. spontaneous abortion rate. Is that, is that table identity. four? Is that table four in that paper that he published? Um, well, uh, that would be, uh, it's very, very difficult. I would, uh, I would for, uh, have your audience look at uh, my publication and my okay. research group called COVID-19 and Disaster Capitalism, Part 1. And I published, we published all of that in there meticulously. What, and, what's, um, give, us, give us that one one more time. We're coming up against it, but give us that one one more time. How do people get this information and learn uh, more? Uh, go to, if you go to the Gazette of Medical Sciences, or you just go to Google Scholar and put in uh, Thorpe, uh, put in my name, and uh, many articles will come up on the uh, Google Scholar. Or you can go to the Gazette of Medical Sciences and look for Disaster Capitalism Part One. And on uh, on page seventy and page seventy-one, we go through all the numbers and dissect. Listen, here's New England Journal of Medicine. My my uh, my nine-year-old grandson could have done a better job writing that. Just think about put it put yourself back in the time frame. They lied and they cheated and suppressed the information from Pfizer five point three point six. They're pretending like it's safe. They spent $13 billion of a psychological fifth generation warfare campaign to bribe not only all of America, but all of the world into believing that this 
this investigational genetic treatment was safe, necessary, and efficacious in pregnant women, and they pushed that globally, Henry. They pushed that globally, knowing it was the deadliest medication, so they turn around and spend $13 billion to bribe everybody in the United States to stay lockstep with their narrative, and they poisoned the world. Yes, that's that's see, and that's the message right there, folks. We're going to put a link to this uh, paper, The Disaster Capitalism, especially pages, I think it was 70 and 71 you were alluding yeah, to. There's three, part, there's three publica- separate publications who get Disaster Capitalism Part 1, COVID-19 and Disaster Capitalism Part 1. Right page on. Well, go for No, go for it. Finish your thought. Page 70, yeah. Okay, we will. So we'll, we'll link that in the show notes, everybody, so that you can get that and get easy access to it. Um, I, I wanted to uh, just add on one little thing here about Tim Shimabukuro. Um, Tom. And, and I don't, Tom. Tom, excuse me, Tom, sorry. Yeah, T Shimabukuro, right? Yeah. <laughs> that guy. What a lot of people don't know is he is also a subject matter expert on the Council for State and Territorial Epidemiologists paper in uh, April 6th of 2020 that allowed for COVID to be diagnosed with one cough. This is this guy shows up all over this COVID nightmare everywhere, and it's yeah. always to the detriment of American people. Everywhere this guy shows up, this is a criminal walking among us, and I am not afraid to say that to anybody. This guy is bad news every single day of the week. Jim, we're coming up against it, but I want to give you final thoughts. Uh, final thought for everybody listening in. Well, I, I um, appreciate the opportunity to um, be on your platform, Dr. Ely. I, I would uh, also share with you uh, Maggie's and my uh, latest articles in, on America Out Loud, Malcolm America Out Loud platform. Mm-hmm. If you look at the one from just uh, three weeks ago or so, we, we pub- Maggie and I published all of that work about the FOIA request and the um, 1,400 pages that were dropped between HHS, CDC, and the American College of OBGYN. So that'll be really a helpful resource uh, for your audience as well. Thank you, Very Dr. Good. Ely. You got it, brother. And we will we will definitely put that in the show notes as well. Uh, always, you know, this show, this this airs on America Out Loud. So we're we got a pretty uh, nice uh, stable of freedom fighters, you know, floating around on America Out Loud. So remember, healers, that you are beings of light and that the greatest energy always prevails. May God the almighty and author of all things shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love and surround us in the protection of his warm and healing embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely, founder of the Energetic Health Institute, speaking for Energetic Health Radio. Make sure to stay tuned every single Saturday and Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Until we meet again, I say to you, aloha and adios. Adios.